Father, we just thank you. We just praise you. We just worship you, Lord. We are here, Lord, right? The last three, four weeks of this final month. Once again, we just want to thank you, praise you, Lord, worship you, Lord, for bringing us thus far. Knowing the God who began this year will also finish it for us. And that your presence will be there with all of us, O oh Lord. This hour, this evening, we have gathered for one purpose, that we continue to gather around your word, Lord. That's your table from we partake of your bread, the living bread, Lord, that gives us life, that sustains us each day, that prepares us to enter into eternity, Lord. So give us hearing ears once again, Lord. Help us to understand, help us to believe, help us to walk with you once again, Lord. Speak, Father, for in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. amen. Like uh, 26, 27 days left. Okay, another year, new year is just around the corner. Even when we talk about year, basically we are talking about time. <clears throat> and we, it's not working? Back up, okay. We measure time, no? We measure time in seconds, minutes, hours, weeks, days, weeks. Months and years. Okay. And then, uh, that measurement of time is kind of precise. Divya, Deepika, precise. Okay, I don't know which is Divya, which is Deepika. So I have to call you by both when I'm calling one. <laughs> okay. So seconds, minutes, hours, these are all precise. Then there are other also time, which we call seasons. And a year is divided primarily into four seasons. You have winter, now we are in winter, then we have spring, then we have summer, we have autumn. We cannot precisely say this day, this hour, any of this season begins. Okay, So seasons, another way we measure time. In life also there are seasons. You have childhood, you have what is youth, then you have this young man, then you have middle age, then you have old age. Seasons also you cannot say when this begins and when this ends. Okay, so please keep that in mind as we read the first text that is from the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1 because we are, we are, we are moving into another year and we are counting, it's countdown. Okay, if you anybody found it, 3 and verse 1, the book of Ecclesiastes. For everything there is a season, and a time for every purpose under heaven. Okay, to everything there is a season, and there is a time. These are two different concepts, okay? I try to give you how we measure time and how you look at seasons. For everything. Under the sun, not above the sun. Okay, basically talking about heavens. Okay, in heavens, God's realm, there is no time. Everybody below that is caught in time. In this realm, our realm, okay, there is time. And for everything, there is a season and there is a time for every purpose under heaven. Heaven is not bound by time. 
we are doesn't matter how young you feel we are okay we are either prisoners of time because we are forever rushing through because we don't know how to manage time or we are stewards of time or we are wasters of time okay either prisoners rushing from rushing no never have enough time we are prisoners or we are stewards of time or we are wasters of time in the letter to the church in ephesus in chapter 5 and verse 15 and 16 this is what the holy spirit through apostle paul will say i'll read the niv you can read another version also be very careful then how you live not as unwise but as wise okay making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil verse 17 you will say therefore do not be foolish but understand what the lord's will is yeah somebody else can read another version no no that's verse 18 i want you to read verse 15 to 17 yeah 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 work circumspectly carefully not as fools as wise redeeming the time because the days are evil okay redeeming the time because the days are evil if you go to colossians chapter 4 after philippians you'll come to colossians chapter 4 and verse 5 walking with them toward them because it's so easy to redeem the time ah uh, redeeming the time and i will use the term here also has calls it making use of every opportunity okay opportunity is come in time okay please remember this so there is we looked on sunday no we are looking at how there is knowledge there is virtue all this and there is something that is called opportunity okay god is working behind the scenes in the lives of his people his children okay and there are certain windows of opportunity that he opens for his children okay that is what The Holy Spirit was trying to tell in Ephesians for know what God's will is, redeem the time, redeem those opportunities that come that don't come always. Okay. We need to know. In if you look at First Corinthians, Paul will talk about such an incident in his life. First Corinthians chapter sixteen and verse nine. a wide door has been opened to me okay okay he's talking about an opportunity that opened up for him a wide door opened for me and there are many adversaries just because you have an opportunity does not mean you don't face obstacles okay if you look at all this this is all got to do with time all got to do with time we know pastor vijay long time ago i taught pastor vijay also has taught after that in the greek new testament you have two concepts about time one is called chronos 
Okay, it's a period of time, period, passage of time, period of time. And the other is called Kairos or a specific season of time. It is from Kronos, you get chronology. It is from Kronos, you have the book of Chronicles. It's recording a specific period of time, okay? Kronos, chronology, chronology of events, the book of Chronicles is the history of kings, okay? So you have two terms, chronology or Kronos, and then you have Kairos. Kairos is a very specific season. It also represents the opportunities God gives us to do certain things. It doesn't come always. We are all caught in Kronos, but Kairos is what we have to watch out for. And we have to learn to use this long period of time called life, that is Kronos, while watchful for Kairos. And when it comes, grab it. If you look in, in the world, secular world, unbelieving world, or you look in the kingdom of God, everybody who was successful, it was not just because of learning and knowledge and understanding, it's because they grabbed the opportunity when it came. They knew this was that. If you look at any billionaire, you will see he became a billionaire because he knew this was the opportunity and he grabbed it. And he was willing to take risks. And he shot up after that. Okay. And if you look at people in the word of God also, when that opportunity came and they heard, they by faith grabbed it and then they went forward. So Kairos doesn't come always. We all live in Kronos. But we have to be very watchful about Kairos. Because, the se- because what I'm saying is, those seasons don't always come. There are certain things in life can be done only in certain seasons. In, in Kairos. And we have to be very watchful. Like let us say December 1st has come. The month of December is we call the month of Advent. Christmas season. So technically churches around the world. There are certain things you can do in this season. Which you cannot do in other seasons. So everybody uses Christmas as a tool to evangelize. You can't do that in November. You cannot do that in January. This is a season around the world people know use that opportunity to evangelize. So they will have all kind of methods. Some work, some doesn't, but it, it's a season. This is a season, Advent season. Okay, that's how, how you look at it. So there are certain things you can do in certain seasons which you cannot do. <clears throat> so always be careful because the problem with Kairos is once that is gone, it is gone. Both Kronos goes, Kairos also goes. Okay? Let's look at some of those situations. I want you to turn first to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1 and verse 15. Okay? As we rewinding the year and we are moving into another year. Verse 15. Jesus said, The time has come. He said, It's not Kronos in Greek. It is Kairos. Kairos has come. What does he say? The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the gospel, the good news. Okay? He's not talking about Kronos. He's talking about Kairos. He says this is the time. There is a time to repent and believe. Okay? The kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God is always connected with judgment. Either for rewards or for exclusion. Okay? 
there is a season there is a time there is a time there is a time for that in genesis chapter 6 and verse 3 god will actually says my spirit will not content with man forever not always okay salvation is salvation is not always there is a time god has said we don't know we don't know when each one's time is okay each one is time when that time comes you have to grab it the thing is that it is good to get in early okay there's one thing with me when i travel okay i know i will give her trouble when we travel together i like reaching early my wife is like last minute i am early i'm like i don't mind spending the night at the airport i'm not issues with that like i've done that i've done that i go early because you see the 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 hassle of missing your train if you're traveling long distance okay missing your train or your flight okay the hassle of it okay think about it the hassle about it you miss your flight you got an appointment you need to preach somewhere your flight is gone the next there is no connecting flight you look at the hassle to avoid all that what do you need to do just be early that's all be early no it is good to be early it is good to check in early if you look at genesis chapter 7 and verse 10 Genesis chapter 7 and verse 10 and it came to pass mm. after 7 days that the waters of the flood were on the earth so you see noah and his family along with the animals checked in 7 days early <laughs> okay they checked in 7 days early god knew when the flood was coming he knew exactly he didn't tell him get the day in before or 6 no, hours get in okay okay No, he didn't say get close 45 minutes he didn't say he said 7 days early get it okay remember when it comes to salvation try to check in as early as you can don't delay because one thing in the bible is tomorrow is not guaranteed tomorrow is not guaranteed see we we get agitated when we hear of brutal murders that take place in this city and all but the fact is that death is very common every day okay we are moved by the brutality of what happened to that young girl but the fact of the matter is every day every second young old middle age people are dying there's no guarantee okay the wise check in early okay so noah and his family and these animals they all checked in early and it didn't matter whether you were a cheetah or whether you were a snail both checked in early one was very fast one was very slow but both when it came to this decision the both got in 7 days early okay we don't know about the others there could have been scoffers okay there could have been scoffers so the bible talks about scoffers there could have been thinkers i need to think about this plan of salvation very clear, clearly before i make this decision and there could have been this what we call procrastinators who are saying okay tomorrow okay but what you need to understand is suddenly the window opportunity was shut 
nobody had any clue. It was just shut. It was God who shut it. Bible where it tells very clearly in Genesis, God shut it. After that, it didn't matter. Nobody could get in. That opportunity, Kairos was gone. God had kept it open for a season. For a season. We believe 100 years or 120 years. We do not know. He kept it open for a season. And then he closed the door. It was over. After that, it didn't matter. You could do anything. Nobody could get in. It was over. Okay. So remember, we have chronos. We all live in a period of time. But we are given seasons to repent and believe. Okay, we don't that we don't have that opportunity all our life because nobody knows about tomorrow. And then I said, like I said, Keros was gone. In Acts chapter twenty-four, if you turn to the book of Acts chapter twenty-four and verse twenty-five. As Paul discoursed on righteousness, self-control, and judgment to come, Felix was afraid. And said, that's enough for now. You may leave. When I find it convenient, I will send for you. Here was a man hearing the gospel. When he heard the gospel, he was moved. He was scared. He knew. He was afraid. But he said, please go. When it is a convenient time, I will call you. Okay. Literally, a man caught in Kronos and Kairos. If you come, it's a very dangerous thing to do, waiting for the convenient time to get saved. It's a very dangerous thing to do. If you look at verse 27, when two years had passed, Felix was succeeded by Portius Festus. Two years was passed. Simple, simple thing, he was posted out. He was transferred. He was transferred. Okay. He was transferred. And after that, he doesn't get an opportunity to hear. The time to make a commitment is gone. He was transferred. And I've seen that literally happening. When I used to be a civil chaplain with the army in the northeast, Assam. The soldiers come into, there are two kinds of posting. This is kind of home posting, cantonment area. You have no problem. But if you are in northeast or you are in Kashmir and all, it's not a home posting. So the duration is lesser. Usually they come for two years. Two years. And then they are posted out. And in that two years, time when I was there, one of the very senior officers was a believer. So he sent an order to all the CEOs of every regiment. All those who are Christians, allow them to go to church on Sundays. So they came. See, when a CEO gives an order in the army, it doesn't matter whether you believe or not. You just go. So they were all sitting over there. So they used to come for two years. They come and they go. They get posted out. Now, remember one very specific incident. Suddenly one Sunday, one set of Jawans tell me, and I'm also traveling the next week. They come and say, we got our orders. The entire regiment is moving. I said, when? Next week. They said, there are 15 of us who want to get baptized. Want to get baptized. I said, okay, are you sure? They said, all Tamilians. I said, okay. They said, uh, 
every evening i'll take you baptism classes i will come because they're only free in the nights i'll come to your quarters little you know or other ranks quarters you will see on the cantonment small you look from outside they look terrible inside they're just two rooms that's all said so i'll come so for the next five days i took classes and then there is no baptism tank okay but army is good if you have favor with god and favor with man things will happen okay and uh, the church came under a regiment called signal regiment and the ceo of the signal regiment was a uh, uh, colonel kalia from mp madhya pradesh not a christian hindu but devout hindu very righteous man and he loved christ so he used to come to church on sundays and just sit there listen kneel down ask for prayer and go so i told colonel kalia sir uh, there are people who want to get baptized he said okay sir what do you need i said i need a tank he said you need a tank he said you know baptism tank i said no problem sir next sunday i come tank is ready built right in the common under the pipe tank is made everything ready filled and kept see was given one order that's what i like army army things work they work you cannot fall so next sunday i baptized this 15 people and i leave when i go new regiment you have to start all over again with a set of unbelievers but in that regiment there were many people who came but 15 heard only 15 believed only 15 got baptized and they got posted out so i look at them and i see it was a window of opportunity for them okay same thing is happening here it's a window of opportunity because the next place you go you may not have any seers a believer who will never ask you to go to church you may not even go to church you may not even hear the word you may not get an opportunity to hear so there are seasons and the issue is this those who hear the more we ignore the harder the heart gets that's a problem with the gospel the gospel does not work like this the more i hear i will get softer and softer and softer mm-hmm. no the more i hear if i don't respond my heart gets harder and harder and harder and without even realizing i become a mocker and a scoffer that's the way the, the, the gospel works that's the way it worked with pharaoh first he hardened his heart god hardened his heart okay that's what happened with esau esau in the head he understood the gospel but he realized he had no power to change it's gone the window of opportunity for him was shut he couldn't change anymore so he understood the gospel that's why scripture says the gospel is not understood with the head it's believed in the heart the problem is if a heart is hardened and your head does not believe it believes it still doesn't make any difference okay so in the book of hebrews chapter 3 this is what the bible says when it talks about salvation okay verse 7 so the holy spirit says today if you hear his voice voice do not okay when it comes to salvation kairos is always today it's never tomorrow okay it is always today when it comes to salvation it's never tomorrow meaning if you hear the voice of the holy spirit it is always today don't keep it for tomorrow you will harden your do not harden your hearts so when it comes to 
Keros. Jesus says, this is the time. Repent and believe the kingdom of God is here. There is Kronos. Okay, there is, I see that in, actually in my own family, I have seen with my own family. There were these seasons given to all of them. I think I, I was the first one to grab that season. Though I didn't understand much, I grabbed the season. But everybody went through that same process and all of them rejected. Now it is impossible to talk to them. They are not, they are not even neutral. They are hostile to the gospel. That in a family group, you cannot mention scripture. They say, don't do that. These are people from Christian backgrounds. Okay, they've gone to the point where they're not even neutral. They are hostile. They are hostile. Okay, and I see that happening, okay, everywhere. That's why there is a season and a time for this. Because you are looking in terms of time. There is Kronos and there is Kairos. Okay, so when it comes to salvation, please do not, when, when these things of God come, do not procrastinate. Do not tarry. Do not delay. Because that season for you may be closed by God. He may just shut the door and says, that's enough. That's enough. He shuts the door. Then let's look at another chaos, another season, another opportunity. Turn with me to Luke chapter 4. And verse 13, gospel according to Luke, chapter 4 and verse 13. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. If we turn now to the book of Acts chapter 9, okay, Acts chapter 9. And you come to verse 31. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace. It was strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It grew in numbers, living in the fear of God. Okay? You got those two portions? There will be seasons in life when God gives us peace. Thought much trials and temptations. It's a season of peace. This is a season to be used to strengthen yourself. Scripture says the church was edified during edify, edify means to strengthen yourself. It was a season of peace in Judea, Samaria, all of Galilee. Even in Jesus' life, you will see for a season the devil left him. The devil left. There will be a season God will give. He puts a hand and says, stop, leave my children alone for a season. And you have peace. You may have normal troubles of life. I'm not talking about that. But spiritually, you have peace. And God says, those seasons you should be very aware of. Those seasons won't last. It did not even last for Jesus. Those seasons won't last. That's a very specific season God has given to us to maximize it, to edify yourself in the things of God, to strengthen yourself, empower yourself, because He's giving you a season of peace. If you look in Luke, sorry, in the book of Acts itself, you read that in chapter 9. By the time you come to chapter 12 and you read, Verses 1 to 13. 
1 to 3, it was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He arrested some. We don't know their names, all of them. Verse 2, he had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. And verse 3, when he saw this pleased the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. So it didn't last. It didn't last. Okay, the season did not last. It, it was only there for a certain period. Even Luke 4.13, scripture says he left him for a season. The devil left Jesus only for a season. So there will be these seasons. Okay, if you remember the past weeks, we said, to faith, we have to add virtue, yeah, knowledge, self-control, patience or perseverance, no, brotherly love, no, all these seven things were mentioned. Faith is through which salvation comes. Okay? You are saved. That opportunity, that period of time, you heard, you grabbed it. You are saved. But after that, he gives you a season of peace to keep adding all these things. Adding all these things. Okay, he gives you a season. If you turn with me to the book of Genesis and turn, no, we have looked at it many times, but we have wonderful in our memory, we forget. So we go to chapter 37. Always remember, 37 is where Joseph's account begins. Okay, if you look at verse 2 of 37, this is how it is written. This is the account of Jacob. Okay. Okay. This is the account. This is the genealogy of Jacob. Joseph, a young man of 17. This is the history of Jacob, the genealogy of Jacob. But it doesn't talk about Jacob. It talks about Joseph. Okay. Please remember, that's how God records history. This is the history of GTC Hyderabad. And we will think all of us are there. And only one man is mentioned. We don't know. Or one woman is mentioned. Or one child is mentioned. Because that's the only spiritual history that is being mentioned. So the rest are out of God's time. Not hearing, not listening, not doing. There's only one in the entire genealogy of Jacob who's hearing and who's believing and who's walking. So the history of Jacob is narrowed down to one man. One man. Because he's the only one who is understanding Kairos. The rest are all Kronos people. The Lord in that family, only one is Kairos. Okay, who is that? That is Joseph. Okay, and how old is he? Seventy. Okay, so his account is beginning from seventeen. Okay, meaning for seventeen years he had seventeen years of peace and rest, and he has built himself up. Okay, built himself up. So the, one of the first things you will hear about Joseph is he was given a coat with many colors. But if you look at Jesus when he was hung, he was stripped, but he had a seamless garment, which is what you wear inside. Okay? The coat is where what you wear outside. If you look at the Jews, they wear something like we have bunions, no? We wear inside and the shirt outside. So he was given a coat of many colors. Usually, if you have noticed, now of course age has changed, but if age hadn't changed, almost any gender, male or female, the inside is always white. 
Now we have multicolored ones and all, but usually it is white. Generally it is white. Because why did always the inside bodies was white? Because it represented the righteousness of Christ, which is received by faith. This seven, let us say seven, colored, multicolored coat, which his father gave him, is the virtue, is the knowledge, is the self-control, is the perseverance, is the brotherly, all that he added to himself. The father has given it to him. This is what. He had a season of peace in his life. And now, he's ready to be tested. Okay, at 17, his test begins. So there are seasons in your life where God will give you peace, especially for children, young people. Because you don't have to worry about what will I eat, what will I drink, what will I wear, where do I stay, who will pay my fee. These are the major troubles of life when you grow older and you stand on your own feet. You have to worry about all these things. None of you have to worry about that. So it's a season of peace. The question is, during that season of peace, what did you do? Spiritually speaking, what did you do? So you look at all these young men, whether it is Joseph, whether it is David, or whether it is Daniel. I believe all of them were like started at the same age. Then their trouble began. Trouble began. So these seasons are there before trials and temptations and all will begin. If you use that season properly, you will be ready when it comes. You will be ready when it comes. So there are seasons in our life where God will give us peace. The purpose of that is to edify ourselves, to strengthen ourselves, not to waste those times of peace. Okay, That's why you only see few people in the Bible who really finished well till the end. And if you look at there, you will see they made use of those times. This is Kairos. Okay, we are not talking about Kronos. Everybody has the same Kronos. But the opportunities when they come to us, how do we use those opportunities? Okay, so we looked at three, two, right? We looked at salvation, Kairos. Then we post salvation. How do we use that opportunity seasons which God gives us? Let's come to the third one. John chapter 5. John chapter 5. Yeah, could somebody read from verse 1? I don't want you to reading from uh, the versions like NIV where it has been cut and paste, but another version, yeah, the original ones, yeah. There was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Yeah. Now there is a Jerusalem by the sheep market of wood, which is called in the Hebrew tongue. Ah, what were they waiting? They're waiting for the moving of the waters. Okay, that NIV will cut it off. Night editors did not like the moving of the waters. Okay, you will see that once a year an angel would come and stir the waters. Once a year, the angel would come and stir the waters. And the first one who got in, got healed. Okay, keep that in mind. In Acts chapter 3 and verse 19, 
3 and verse 19. What the scripture says? Repent. Yes. And your sins will be wiped out. And what will come? Times of refreshing will come. Okay? There are times like that. These are not times of peace. These are times of refreshing. Where God will allow you to be stirred. They don't come always. You have to grab it. And everybody lying around the pool were withered. Important, paralyzed people, all, everybody's eye is on the water. They know it will only happen once a year. They will know only the first one will get it. And they don't know when it is. And Jesus goes around and asks. And then he finds there's a man who's been waiting there for 38 years for the water to be stirred. He's the one who gets healed and goes. Okay? If you look in church history, there have been seasons of revival. It's not always. Seasons of revival. Okay. When God stirs. Church, individuals, has to be very, very, very watchful. If you see how the church began in the book of Acts, in 1 Corinthians 15, you don't have to turn. Paul will say, Jesus appeared to over 500 of his disciples. But on the day of Pentecost, only 120 were there when everything was stirred. The rest missed it. 380 plus missed it. 180 got it. That was a season. That was a season. You know? And that's why all churches, all churches in the past, old days, they will always have what is called every year revival meetings. Okay? Three day revival meeting. In the Kronos, they have three days set apart for revival meetings. And in that revival meeting, they are hoping somebody will be stirred. Somebody will be touched. That's why I go. I go to Sikkim each of these three days. They are revival meetings. They are revival meetings. Okay? Where they expect people who were just moving like that within the church will be revived. They will be stirred. So we have to be very watchful for the moving of the Holy Spirit. You miss that, you miss it. They were all there. No angel came and stirred, but the Son of Man came. Everybody lying there was without. Everybody needed a touch. Only one got. The rest missed. The rest missed it. Okay? You have to be very, very watchful of this. Very, very watchful of this. You... This this is where we miss our opportunities. Because that's how God is. Okay, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich man. And they said, oh, then who can be saved? All that. Okay. So Jesus, through practical example, shows it. Okay, He enters into Jericho. Massive crowd. One man. One man on the top of the tree. Okay? And he's the richest man. The richest man of the city on the top of the tree. He gets touched. He gets revived. And Jesus gets out. There's a whole city. Whole crowd. Everybody is seeing Jesus. Only one gets revived. 
Remember, he's a Jew. He gets it. He grabs that opportunity. That opportunity was there for everyone. But all of them were casual onlookers. One was desperate. And he got it. And Jesus left. When he comes out, there's still another crowd following him. On outside sitting is a poorest man. His name is Bartimaeus. He's blind and he's poor. The richest man got touched. Now the poorest man is sitting outside. He hears. He's blind, but he hears. And he shouts. And the said, told him, shut up. We know it so well. We have heard it so many times. But he shouts even more louder. And Jesus stops. And you know what happened next. Many blind men were healed by Jesus. But in his case, he followed Jesus to Jerusalem. That's the difference. So in both cases, both were revived. Zacchaeus to him said, salvation has come into this house today. To Bartimaeus, he got his sight. He didn't go into Jericho. He followed Jesus to Jerusalem. So you will see there are seasons like that. You miss those seasons, they may never come back. They may never come back in life. Okay, so there are seasons. Okay, seasons of refreshing will come. That's what the apostle says. And here they were waiting for the water to be stirred. Okay, it's a move of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't move always. There are seasons in which if you entire, you know, you have to look at church history and you will see when he fell in the beginning of the previous century in US and certain parts of the world. He fell on India too. You know where he fell? He fell near Pune. Where Ramabai was running her orphanage. It fell there and the fire fell upon everybody. It was the same Holy Spirit at the same time. Different parts of the world he touched. And revival broke out. Pandit Ramabai. Okay. And if you look at that time, the time frame is exactly the same. He fell in a particular place in the US. He fell in a particular place in India. Certain parts of the world, the Holy Spirit fell. And people got revived. Okay. So we have to be Careful of these things. We all live in Kronos. All of us. But Kairos will come and Kairos will go. And don't miss those seasons. Okay? Because what we learn from the Advent, the Christmas story is when the baby came, Bethlehem missed him. Jerusalem missed him. Whole of Judea missed him. Everybody missed him. Three, not three. Uh... Uh, to, no, that's 40 days later. But uh, the wise men, they didn't miss it. Because they were looking in the right direction. They were looking up. Therefore, they didn't miss it. Everybody was looking around. Therefore, they missed it. They looked up and they saw the star. Nobody looked up. Therefore, they didn't see the star. Okay. They looked up and they saw the stars. And they had always looked up. Therefore, they knew this star is not normal. If you look only once up, every star looks normal. But you are constantly looking up, you will immediately know this is different. There is something that is happening here which is not the norm. Something is different. Then why is this happening? Why is this happening? And that questioning led them to Christ. But all the others missed their moment. They missed their moment. Okay, then what happens 40 days later and the shepherds and all is different. Okay, now let's go to the fourth one. 
we go to back to the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3. Verse 2. And a time to die. Okay, that everybody knows. There's a time to be born. And there is a time to be die. Uh, I will not get into that, but please remember, God is in absolute control. So God did not make a mistake by anybody being born in this time. Though we say the old days were better, God says you were born for this time. This time. Otherwise, many of us would have been chasing cows instead of, <laughs> instead of going to school and college and studying nicely, okay? So, there was a time. We were born in this time. No? We would have been speaking English, would have been making some nice sounds to which animals would have responded. Okay? So, there is a time to be born. Okay? Time to die. Let's leave. But let's look at the second part of that. Set. Yeah. A time to plant. A time, time to plant. And a time to pluck. Okay, there's a time to plant. Now, India, modern day things have turned because of technology. Let's put technology aside and let's look at normal. You can't plant in winter. Okay, so let, let's look in the west if you look now. Snow covered. You cannot plant in winter. Okay? Nor can you reap in spring. Okay? You cannot reap in spring. Spring is a time when you plant. And there is a time to harvest. There is a time to plant. There is a time to harvest. Remember there are seasons in life when you plant. Because without planting you cannot harvest by the way. Okay. Though there is a season to harvest, you may get nothing because you did not use the season to plant. That's why Solomon, God through Solomon, will says, you sluggard, go learn from the ant. Did you see his harvest? Did you see his harvest? Because he was in sleeping. At the right season, he was working. Therefore, now he has a harvest. Winter has come and he's got a harvest. Okay, so there are seasons. Sometimes the change in season can be slow. Sometimes it can be abrupt. Slow, like you see autumn coming, the trees are all, the leaves are all turning brown. Then I like, here it's not so much, but if you have lived in the mountains, you will see the seasons change. Everything starts, except the evergreen trees, the rest all starts falling. And there are flowers also, which will only bloom in certain seasons. There are winter flowers and there are spring flowers, it all change. Okay, so, sometimes it can be, like suddenly, like if you look, why did it rain two days back? Because it was telling winter has officially begun. Everywhere in the West and all, you will see there will be a snowstorm, there will be a rain, you know officially it has begun. And you will see where winter finishes also there is a rain. If you have lived in the mountains, we know when that rain comes, winter is over. We know winter is over. Okay, we know this is the rain before the end of the winter. Okay, we know. Okay, so it could be. Okay, you have to know your seasons. Why is this important about season? There is a season in which certain things God does. He's the original gardener. Okay, we learn gardening from him. Okay, he's the origin. My father is the, uh, he's the God. He knows seasons, when to plant, when to uproot, 
when to reap all that you know let's go to john chapter 15 where he says i am the gardener chapter 15 and verse 2 chapter 15 verse 2 what does scripture say every branch in me that beareth not fruit he taketh away mm. and every branch that beareth fruit he purgeth ah every branch that does not bear fruit he takes it out he cuts it away okay understand God is a steward. He hates waste. The problem with the branch is that the branch is eating but giving out nothing. So he takes it out. You are, there's only a certain amount of food available. And there are three fellows who are eating and giving nothing. Four fellows who are also eating and giving something. He says, take these three out and put the four in. They will produce more. So good steward of his own resources. Okay, But that's not what we are looking at. The second part. That bears fruit, what does he do? He prunes. He purges. He prunes. <clears throat> and if you know gardening, no, you actually prune just before winter. You don't prune during harvest season. <laughs> you never do that. You lose your harvest. You prune just as winter is setting in. you get the principle? Meaning, when you are bearing the least fruit in your life is when he prunes. Why? Because there is no wastage. No wastage. He says winter is coming. Okay? So I am giving you time to grow. To grow. We may feel the pain of the shears the bigger one, now the scissors, the shears. But the gardener is long, looking at the long-term harvest. He's looking at, turn to Hebrews chapter 12. And we see what God is getting at using all this imagery. Chapter 12, verse 11. Those who have been trained by it. Okay, when it is happening, it is not at all nice. Nobody likes cutting. Okay, but I, like I said, but remember this, pruning does not take place in spring. The productive season of your life, it actually takes place during the unproductive seasoning of your life, if you allow God to do it. Let me tell, look at all these young ones, Jyoti, Deepika, Chandana, Divya, Jyoti, all of you, Sirisha, all of you. The most unproductive season of your life is when you are young. Yeah, you are actually unproductive. You are just eating, 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 giving nothing to the system, to the world, to the government, to the country. You are giving nothing. You are not productive yet. And the system allows it. God allows you to take. But at certain point in time, you they want you to give to the nation, produce to the nation. This is the most unproductive season of your life. But remember, in that season, if you allow him to prune you, prune you, you will bring forth a harvest of righteousness for the gardener. 17 to 30 was the most unproductive years of a young man called Joseph. And he was pruned by God. That was a long winter. 13 years for Joseph. At 30, he brought forth a harvest of righteousness. 
I believe for David also, roughly the same time. Maybe 17 is when he faced Goliath. And he becomes king at 30. The next 13 years was the most unproductive season in, in his life. He produced nothing for Israel. Run, 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 run. But God was pruning, 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 pruning. At 30 he is king and he starts producing a harvest of righteousness. Same for Daniel. Okay. Know the seasons in your life so that you know the work God does during those seasons. And if you miss that work because you don't understand the season, you will struggle later. Pastor Vijay and I were talking some time back about the first three kings. So we were discussing about Saul, David and Solomon. <coughs> Why is that the first king and the third king didn't end well? Well, the second king ended very well. It's because the first king or the third king never were pruned. Never were pruned. Therefore, they could not bring forth the lasting fruit of righteousness. If you look at Saul, what about his youth? He was never challenged. Never pruned. What about Solomon? Never pruned. So all the wisdom, knowledge and all without pruning did not help Solomon, because before knowledge should come virtue, and virtue comes through pruning. It comes through pruning. Virtue cannot be learned in school from books. You can get knowledge through books, knowledge through preaching, knowledge through this, all that. But virtue comes through pruning. That's why virtue is put before knowledge. Because if knowledge comes before virtue, you will reject uh, virtue. Reject virtue because you think, I have it, I don't need it. That's why scripture says knowledge pops up. So if you look at the successful ones, eternally successful ones in the Bible, they were pruned during those seasons. So there are seasons to plant and season, seasons to harvest. And you have to read the seasons in your life when you are young. Seasons in your life and don't run away from it. That is where you have discernment. Because though we are all living in Kronos, all the seasons are not the same. All the seasons are not the same. And you should not waste these seasons. And when you move from one season to another, like I said, no, in like today, we, we don't have much winter here. And further south we go, but if you, like, if you go further into North India or anywhere near the Himalayas, you will see when one season moves to another season, the change is, it's, it's drastic. It's unbelievably beautiful. It's, each season has its own beauty, but the change is drastic. One season to another, it is unbelievable. Okay? What does it mean when God is moving you from one season to another? You should be willing to let go of this and be ready for the next change. It is drastic. Okay. That is what is symbolized in Ecclesiastic chapter 3 and verse 3. We read 3.2 and 3.2. It's connected. Yeah. What does it say? Okay, leave that. The second part of it. A time to break down. Yes. A time to break down. And a time to build. That's how changes. You forget the previous season. 
for the next season is going to be completely different. And that is what is represented by Joseph's quotes. When he had to move from one season to another season, the first thing that was stripped was his coat. His coat was taken away. That was one season of his life gone. The coat given by his father is the first thing that is taken off him. Another season in his life has begun and there is no resemblance to these two seasons. It's a drastic change. It's like autumn and winter. Okay, autumn and winter. Then another season. In Potiphar's house, he is the chief steward now. He's got another coat. When that season changes, the first thing that is taken is that coat is taken out. And it moves into prison. Potiphar's wife is holding the coat now. The coat is gone. It's a drastic change from here to the next season. Seasons are changing. No two seasons resemble each other. Spring and summer are entirely different. Summer and autumn are entirely different. Autumn and winter are entirely different. And you should be prepared for that kind of change when that happens in life. And then day, one day from the prison, he'll be lifted up and he will stand before Pharaoh. That's a different season altogether. And Pharaoh will put a new robe over him. The season has changed in his life. So seasons will change because we are moving to the end of the year. And you have to look at all the moments we missed. The moments which are still there. God may show you, open up for you the next 27 days or the next year something is coming. We don't know. We have to be alert. But spiritually speaking, you have to be very, very careful about it. That is, if you go to Matthew chapter 9, there's only one thing that is continuous. All four seasons are merged into one. Verse 35 onwards, if you preach, uh, if you read 35 to 38. Yeah, Jesus went about all the cities and villages, synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, every healing, every sickness and disease among the people. And then, mm. 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 Like sheep having no shepherd. Now look at verse 37. Ah, the harvest is plentiful. Harvest is plentiful. When it comes to evangelism, all seasons are open. All seasons are open. When it comes to evangelism, harvest is plentiful. The problem is there are very few workers. Harvest is, you never look at the climate of any nation and say, oh, it is, it's this time we are not going to get any harvest in India. God says, no, harvest is plentiful. You are reading it wrong. Every season there is a harvest of souls. In winter there is a harvest of souls. In autumn there is a harvest of souls. In spring there is a harvest of souls. In summer there is a harvest of souls. The harvest is plentiful. It's a season. These four seasons, there is one thing that is common. There is a harvest of souls. The only problem is the workers are plentiful. Sorry, workers are few. So what are we called to do? Verse 30. 38. Ah, you have to pray to the Lord of the harvest. That is the Holy Spirit. He is the Lord of the harvest. You have to pray to the Lord of the harvest. There is the Lord of the harvest. The Lord of judgment is the Lord of harvest too. He is the Lord of the harvest. You have to pray to Him. Lord of the harvest. For what? To send more workers into the field. 
You need to realize that should be our prayer. Not just, Lord, souls should be saved. No, Lord, let there be more workers. How can souls be saved without workers? So our prayer should be, Lord, we'll look, at, look at the season. Okay, maybe this is the season of harvest, Lord. There should be more workers to be sent out. And that's what. Uh, and always leave yourself open because sometimes when you say, Lord, send more workers, he says, okay, you are one of them. Okay. Okay. Pray to the Lord of the harvest. So know this seasons. Know this seasons because Hebrews 9.27, we all know that it's appointed. It's a time appointed for every man to die. After that, why is this, this one thing put in all four seasons? Because there is only one season you can be saved. That is when you are alive. There's only one season you can be saved. There is no salvation in hell. There's no salvation in hell. There's only salvation when you are living. Therefore, planting has to be done now. It has to be done now. And to those who are saved, there is only one life given to us to serve to get rewards in heaven. There is no opportunity, there is opportunity to serve there, but there is no opportunity to serve to get rewards there. It's only here. And your opportunity to serve also depends upon how you served here. So you have to realize these facts. If you are not saved, there is a season. That's only when you are alive. No. The, the rich man, when he goes to hell, I tell in meetings, the rich man, when he goes to hell, and Lazarus, both die the same day. You know the name of one man, you don't know the name of the other man. Because there's nothing called book of life in hell. That's why his name is not mentioned. It doesn't matter what your name was on earth. If you didn't make it to heaven, you are just a number. Like in prison, you are just a number. In prisons, you are not called by name, you are called by number. That's why before the end comes, the Antichrist will number everybody. Because you are not individuals for him. You are just numbers. But God has names in the book of life. So Lazarus has a name. The other man does not have a name. Other man does not have a name. And he is not crying from there, save me. Because he knows his time is over. He is crying for his brothers who are alive to be saved. Because he knows his time is gone. It's over. It's past. There's no opportunity anymore. So these facts, we have to look at it and not get lost. Get lost. There are seasons and there are times set by God. And we should not miss these seasons because we are all, like I said, either we are prisoners of time, stewards of time, or wasters of time. And we have to decide, Lord, if I was a waster, I want to be a steward. If I was a prisoner, Lord, I want to order my time. Order, like the first thing I said on Sunday, remember, priorities, order my time. 24 hours is enough for everybody, because God ordered 24 hours. And he knows that's enough for everybody to fulfill God's will. Therefore, Paul will say, redeem the time, for the days are evil. Therefore, know the will of God. Know the will of God. Okay, But time and the will of God is connected, because I, you, all of us have only a specific amount of time to finish the will of God. So even though David goofed up many times, he got up and finished a scripture says he fulfilled God's purpose in his generation and rested with his fathers. Neither did Saul, nor did 
Solomon. So Solomon gives us advice in his final letter saying how you should not waste your time when you are young. Please serve your creator. When you get old, if you are not trained by all these things, you will just be wasting everything. Okay, all this will be a waste. You will find it is impossible. He's actually talking from his own life. Okay, then let's look at one more if there is time. There is time. No, we have time. That's what we came here for, right? <coughs> Romans chapter 13 and verse 11. <coughs> Only Srikanth doesn't have time because he has two girls waiting for him at home. I don't know which girl he runs back for first now. <laughs> the older or the younger. <laughs> Romans 13 and verse 11. Mm. You know the time? The hour has come for you to wake from sleep. Why? Salvation is nearer to us than we first believed. Time is very close. The hour has come for what? Us to wake up from our slumber. To be alert. To wake up. To be alert. Let's go to Mark 13 and let's, let's hear it from the Master's mouth. What Jesus says. Mark chapter 13. And verse 36 and 37. Coming how? Suddenly. He finds you sleeping. Mm. Watch. Okay. He says, nobody knows which hour he'll come. Morning, first hour, morning watch, second watch, third watch, fourth watch, he doesn't know. So God says, spiritually be alert. There are seasons. It's a season of being alert. Of being alert. Okay? Because we don't know when it is coming or he is coming. It is death. He is him. Nobody knows. No? Poor girl, no? She went to work, came back, picked her scooter. Did she know it was coming? Poor child, no? Did she know it was coming? She had no clue. Went happily in the morning and never came back. No? Because it's so graphic, it's easy to remember. We're like that, no? You see, we were very, <laughs> we were always taught this very humorously, not about death, but in a joking way, in old days, when, when we were young, and we, you know, these buses slow down, transport buses, so we used to run and try to jump into onto the footboard, because also the big day when you're teenagers, that's a big thrill, you know? <laughs> the conductor used to say one statement in Malayalam, he said, did you tell your mother you wouldn't return this today? <laughs> they say here also, it's a common this thing everywhere. <laughs> The one question look in your face and say, did you tell your mother you wouldn't return back home today? Okay. See, you know, we take life for granted. No, one of, um, for those who read, who like to read, no, fiction, Christian fiction, one of the best writers of older days was somebody called A.J. Cronin. Okay, it's very good. A.J. Cronin was very, very good. And he writes about a husband and a wife, okay? This man is like involved in his work. He's got this lovely, loving, kind, patient wife, but he has no time for her. 
And she serves him and she serves him and serves him and serves him and serves him and serves him. And towards a certain period in their life, he turns around and he realizes, this is the woman who really loves me. And that day he really sees his wife and falls in love. And she has to get something and she goes to the shop to cross and she gets hit and she dies. That day she dies. The day he realized the value of that woman is the day she dies. Okay, those are fantastic writers who are talking about never take anything for granted in life. Don't take relationships granted in life, nothing, because you do not know when that day is coming. The salvation, what is salvation, which is nearer, what are the salvation they are talking about, the salvation of your body, in a split second you are gone. And if you haven't witnessed, if you haven't testified, if you haven't tried your best to get people in whom you love, he says the time is gone. It's gone. It's over, it's done, it's finished. There was a season to pray, there was a season to evangelize, there was a season to share, there was a season to witness, there was a season for all that is only now. But as every second is ticking away, scripture says it is getting closer and closer and closer and closer and closer. Be alert. In Second Peter chapter 5, this is what the dev, uh, um, Peter says about the devil. Verse 8. Second, oh sorry, First Peter 5, 8. <clears throat> Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He says, be alert. Be alert. You need to know your time. You need to be alert. You need to be alert, scripture says. And if you look at, I forgot, that's also in Peter itself. The end, yeah, if you look at First Peter chapter 4 and verse 7, what does it say? End of all things is near. End of all things is near. Therefore be sober. Be sober. End of all things is near. And if you don't see what is happening around the world, then you don't know your scripture. The end of all things is near. Why do you think there is this mass movement around the world where they are talking about climate change? All of them are talking about climate change and if you don't do something about it, the world is not going to last. It's not climate change that is going to stop this because something else is going to happen. The end of all things is near. It is set by God. The time is running out. So scripture says, when you are aware of that season, you are alert. You are alert. You should be aware of that season that you don't miss. Both Paul and Peter, the last two people in the Bible who wrote, and then John, were alert. So they knew their time of departure. Paul said, my departure is near. Peter also said, my departure is near time. They were alert. They didn't miss it. They were very alert. Knew that this is the last season of our life. Last season. Okay, imagine Peter is so, Paul is so alert that he understands the last season of his life and writes Second Timothy to us. And for 2,000 years, because he was alert and wrote that letter, Bible College has been built on that letter. Exactly how to train a young man for ministry, Second Timothy. And Peter, you read Second Peter, he gives you the keys of the kingdom. 
how to enter into the kingdom of god and receive a rich welcome by he was absolutely alert in his end so he reserved and gave the best at the end because they were alert they were alert and that's what god is talking about are we alert are we alert okay and uh, it's 8:30 i'll stop there because the next one is there are times of prayer intense prayer we need to be alert to that season we are not alert to that season we will miss what god intends us to be so you will see in jesus life he was a man of prayer but you will see at the end of his life the last day he went with his disciples and he asked them watch with me pray with me and he went and prayed he comes back they have fallen asleep he wakes them up goes and prays comes back wakes them up goes and prays comes back a third time goes and prays so intense prayer because he prayed he did not fail the next day because they did not pray they failed there are seasons in your life your prayer cannot be like the norm it cannot be like the norm because if you are it's like your normal prayer life that is actually what uh, talking about his prayer was such the blood vessels were popping it was so intense his blood vessels were popping and blood was coming out because he knew what is coming he need to be prepared for he was alert the rest of them were not alert the church was not alert so you see in the book of acts in chapter 12 herod arrests some of them put them in the prison takes the head of james and then he puts peter when james head is gone and after that peter is the church wakes up peter doesn't wake up church wakes up if you listen if you read carefully scripture says peter was asleep and the church was praying earnestly and god intervened sent an angel to get peter out the church missed that point to rescue james they missed that point now we do not know but it looks like that the church did not pray they did they missed that kairos moment but when peter james head was taken off and peter was taken next if let us presume the church did not pray Peter also did not pray Peter's head is taken off we have no first peter second peter we are poorer because those two episodes are in there peter made it to heaven but we will not have these two letters so there's an intensity in our prayer life and you cannot allow complacency to come okay and for before i close i just have to say this for the young people turn to lamentation chapter 3 and verse 27 lamentations don't lament just read it all young people got lamentations 327 it is good for a man to bear a yoke in his you know what a yoke is everybody knows what a yoke is right Yeah the thing which you put on to oxen either to plow or to pull that's a yoke it's good for a man or a woman to bear a yoke in there youth do you know yoke is not a burden do you know yoke is not a burden it is the yoke that makes the burden light 
It's the yoke that makes the burden. But when should you bear your burden? The yoke? When you're young. When you're young. When I said that on Sunday, I wasn't being sarcastic. I was being genuine. There are certain things you can do only when you are young. There are certain things you can... This is a season of your life which is called for many or most of you sitting away. It's only you can do when you are a youth. Certain things you can do only when you are a youth. That yoke you bear. Then when you grow older, God puts a burden. It's not heavy. And God is not able to put a burden because you never had a youth. You have never had a yoke. Let me ask you this question. Noah was roughly 500 years old when God told him to build the ark. Was he young? He was old. He's an old man. 500 years old. He's an old man. You go through this railway crossing every day, no? All young people, the Via Dipika, you go through railway crossing, right? You see those good strains going? Hmm? You see those wagons? The ark? which was built by Noah, could hold 700 of those kind of wagons. The last time a ship bigger than that was built was in 18th century. You know what it means? For almost the first 6,000 years of human history, nobody could build an ark like Noah built. And he built it when he was an old man because he bore a yoke when he was young. There are certain things you can do only when you are young. Because you have the time and you have the energy. And if you waste, that's what I keep telling every summer, I keep telling, learn something new, learn something new, learn something, learn to drive, learn to play instrument, learn, 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 learn. You can never know. Humorously, I tell my wife, no, I tell her when I grew up in the mountains, early morning it is still no wind. After that, the wind blows. It blows all through the evening. So if you really want to play badminton, you have to wake up early in the morning. I was not a believer or anything, but I loved badminton. Okay, so you have to wake up early in the morning to play badminton. Do I play badminton now? No, but with my eyes closed, I can kill the mosquitoes with the badminton and everything I can kill them. Nothing is wasted. <laughs> Nothing is wasted. You ask my wife, I sleep with the mosquito bed next to me and I can. I haven't played badminton roughly for the past 35 years. Oh, 40 years. I haven't played more than 40 years. I played as a child, but I played well. I played every day, woke up early in the morning for what to play badminton. Evening was wind and was football. You know, there are certain, but I did not learn how to because it was a mountain. So I never learned cycling. So even till today, I cannot drive a bike other than a gearless one. I don't know how to shift gears. I don't, even today I cannot ride a bicycle because I don't have balance. Because there are certain things you can only learn when you are. There was no musical instruments. I never learned. But you have opportunities all around you. All around you. You have opportunities around you. There are a lot of things, like I said, listening and reading. These two will define your life. If you cannot read, listen. Listen not to junk, to substance. Because now everything is available, in, even books are available in audio format. Listen. If you don't listen, and if you don't read, you're going nowhere. You can't go anywhere. It's as simple as that. Because everything has to get in. 
These are two formats God has given. And I'm not talking about your subjects. I'm not talking about your subjects. That you're doing for an exam. Not talking about that. When you are young, it is good for a young man to bear a yoke. Waking up early, waking up early, ordering your time. All these things you will only learn when you are young. Why do you think this whole system, how do you think it came from the whole system in schools? They don't tell you come anytime, take your books and study. They will tell you come on time, otherwise the gate is closed. And the first thing they look is your uniform. You can't wear a black sock and a white sock and go. They'll keep you out. What was the, what is the purpose behind all these things? Because it's more than studies. They are teaching you something which is called, you are making you bear a yoke in the days of your youth. You are being trained in life. If you understand what they are doing. And if you are trained by it, it will last a lifelong. Like David and Daniel and Joseph and all, you can be trained your whole life. If you learn this, no? Otherwise what happens is, like people like us, when you grow, get up Older, like Brother Banu, learned to drive and gave it up. I also got a license. I don't drive a four-wheeler. I have a license. I have driven from here till Bhavanpalli and then decided no more, told Shaji, take it back. Because <laughs> you realize there are certain things which you can't. Well, like all the young ones, they learn and they go like crazy, right? All Look at all these girls. They all drive. I look at Apu driving. I look at Rachel. I said, they all learn. There are certain things you can only do when you are young. Okay. Now I'm not talking about these technical skills. I'm talking about really about life. Learn to order your time when you are young. Don't waste time. If you learn to sleep less when you are young. I'm telling you honestly, when you are young, if you learn to sleep long hours, you will never get over it in your life. It's impossible because the body is not getting stronger, it's getting weaker. It will need more. That's why we tell people, don't do drugs, don't do alcohol. The problem with this is that the fellow who started with one cigarette, as he goes further, one cigarette won't satisfy him. He has to go to two. Then it becomes a packet. But drugs, alcohol, everything, it finishes you off. And sleep is like that. If you sleep eight hours when you are 15 years old, eight hours is not enough when you are 20. You'll sit and sleep in your office when you get a job. That's why these things, the body, that's what Paul is talking about. I have trained my body and brought it to shape so that after having preached, I should not be disqualified. Disqualified. No, you have to think about these things and say, no, and you also about eating. Ladies, Telugu ladies, don't eat this much rice. That's the nature of your stomach. The problem is, is the stomach, you know, if you eat too much when you're young, your stomach grows. <laughs> okay? It has a, then it, its capacity has grown. Now the problem is, if you don't keep on filling it, it will complain. <laughs> That's why God in his kingdom has always put this fasting as seasons of fasting, so it shrinks. It shrinks. He didn't say if you fast, he says when you fast, it shrinks. Your stomach shouldn't be too big. We are thinking, thinking in terms of eternity. It should, stomach should not be too big. If it's too big, it will be a problem for you in life. Really, really serious problem for you in life. It's too big. It is not about weight. I'm not talking about weight. I'm talking about food is a killer. Though you need food to sustain you. It's a killer. So these are the things as young people you have to learn. 
you have to learn. And you can do it voluntarily. Nobody is catching you and putting you food. You say, I'm not eating today. <laughs> okay, I'm not eating today. Nobody is forcing you. <laughs> you just decide on your own. These are all decisions you make on your own. You know? You make your own decisions on your own. And you will realize it will serve you well. I mean, just think about, not think about a 17-year-old boy or a 16-year-old boy coming all the way from home, starving, 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 giving little, little rations. And then you realize you are selected and you are selected and put in the king's university. And the first day you go to the dining hall, all you see is food. And the first decision he takes is, I will not eat. I will not eat. And he decides, I will eat only vegetables and rice or whatever it is. What a decision for a young man. You have to realize the distance from Jerusalem to Susa. It's a thousand kilometers. What, when they are taken as slaves, what do they get? A little feed. This is what. And you have been offered everything before you, from the king's table to eat. And the first decision he takes is, you know what? I'm not going to eat this. You know why? Because he has borne a yoke in the days of his youth. And therefore to say no was not a burden. The yoke is not the burden. The yoke makes the burden light. You know what Jesus said? Take my, and my burden is light. My burden is light. Take my yoke. And he says, my burden is light. That's how God brought his own son for 30 years. And then when the burden of the whole world was put on him, it was light. Even the cross was light. It was not heavy. He told the women, don't cry for me. Stop crying for me. Cry for yourself. Why do you cry for me? It's very light. What the father has put on me is very light. It's not heavy. Learn these fundamental principles, look at time, value time. Because all this thing can be done only in this certain period of time we all have. Everybody is given a certain slice. Amen? Amen. Look at life as a loaf of cake. Every slice you eat, the loaf gets smaller. Every day passes, life gets shorter, not longer. Gets shorter and shorter and shorter. Let's pray. Father, this evening, we just thank you, Lord. We just thank you. We just thank you. We just thank you even for this time that you have given us, Lord. We have this time. You gave us this opportunity. You gave us this place. You gave us salvation. That's why we have gathered in this time around your word, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for every opportunity you give us to come together. Because your word says, as that day approaches, keep gathering, keep gathering. To spur each other to good works. Thank you for this time, Lord. Thank you for 2019. Thank you for 11 months and 4 days. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. So many who started this year did not finish it, Lord. Who are we? Not that we were special, but you gave us time. In the next 27 days, Father, help us to maximize it. Maximize it, not to waste time, Lord. To count, to redeem the time, for the days are truly evil, Lord. Help us, Lord, help us. You brought us safely here, and I pray you reach everyone safely, Lord. Thank you, Father. The rest of the time, also we commit into thy hands. Thank you, Lord. Pastor Vijay is out preaching. I pray you reach him home also safely, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Lord. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.